yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today is the WNR 497, it's WWE Crown Jewel 2023, I'm not alone, I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team, up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show, it is the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett, how are you doing? Hey, things aren't going too bad, thank you. I've lost my voice a little bit, so um, I will be <clears throat> trying to speak as loud as I can, but please bear with me today. It's been a very good weekend with some uh, great wrestling, great indie promotion. Um, went to go see Eve Wrestling, and therefore you know I had a good time because I've lost my voice. <laughs> uh, so you wasn't shouting about how shit you've been doing with WWE Predictions then? No? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, however, um, Max the Impaler almost killed me. So, you know, just don't chat shit to Max the Impaler. That, that's all I've got to say. Don't you, get drunk and chat shit. It's like Jaxie's wacky adventures with independent wrestlers. Like, <laughs> we've played yeah. a new show. Well, I have no idea what happened. I, I One minute, I'm being, I'm being so respectful and saying hi to Konami. It was great. Next thing I know... I, I told Max the Impaler that Konami was better than them. Um, and then I ended up in a chokehold. So I'll have the picture proof. I'll send it to you guys in a little bit. Just know that if my mutual friend wasn't there, I don't know whether or not I'd be here today. It reminds me of the story we did in the last episode where Gina wished she was in the chokehold for the wrestler. But um, <laughs> no, it's, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> We got you on board here, so like I said, we'll... That's we'll be... the guy, that's the person you talk to, to? That's the thing, like, with a name like this? Yeah, I mean, no, seriously, <laughs> you know, I, I'd had quite a bit to drink. I blamed my friend for the three shots, um, and I didn't actually chat shit, okay? Because I just was like, oh, I, I love Konami. To Maxi and Peter, that's not the right thing to say. Gotcha, Max. gotcha. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't so take it like... Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, lesson learned. Well, as you can hear, up next, our resident NXT expert in Japan, Deity, it is Monty. Have you um, been assaulted by any wrestlers in the past week or so, or <laughs> how have you been? No, 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 thank goodness, thank goodness. No, no, no wrestlers have the nerve to ever do that to me. I'm not going to act like I could do anything about it, but. <laughs> no, no one, no you one. You can has, try. No, uh, okay, right. Yeah, no, you got, you've got me. Yeah, you have. Yeah, no, no, no. When I was younger, though, I do have a story. I, when I was younger, my uncle, uh, because he has a, a friend who worked out with Bobby Lashley and Batista. That was the story he told me. But hey, we got backstage, so I guess it was true. I don't know. The point is. They made they they gave my uncle who considers himself to be a big guy, but he's not nowhere near as big as those guys. Bobby Lashley and Batista lets him try to chop them, and I literally saw my uncle chop Bobby Lashley, and felt like he broke his arm. <laughs> wow! So, yeah. I'm not not gonna. Uncle yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so okay. he's told he told me that story a million times, but that's so uh, cool. It was so bad that he didn't even try Batista. He just said, "Yep, yeah, yeah, I pretty much know how this is gonna go." So, so yeah, that was that was that was probably as close as I ever got to it. But I was like eight years old, so it wasn't wasn't anything gonna happen to me. And just think, you've been doing this podcast three years, and it's the first. 
Just <laughs> to tell the story, but like who knows? At least, yeah, right. at least we got it now. That's pretty cool, man. I really like that. Um, well, I'll by by no means least. She's got eyes like a sunrise, like a rainfall down my soul. And I wonder, I wonder why you look at me like that. What you're thinking? What's behind? Don't tell me, but it feels like love. I'm going to take this moment and make it last forever. I'm going to give my heart away and pray we'll stay together because you're one good reason. You're the only girl that I need because you're more beautiful than I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the night and make it ever G. Make it ever G. How's it going, Gina? Hey, that was just such beautiful singing. I mean, I really wish Ricky Starks would sing that to me. Well, Thank you. It's me. It's a tough <laughs> shit. Yeah, anyone, right? anyone but you, that. Yeah, yeah, anyone, anyone but you. <laughs> I'm sorry to set the bar so low for you. <laughs> that, that's where we are. How's it going, team? Hope everyone's well. Yeah, again, ask you the same question I asked the other two. Any uh, instance of independent wrestlers this past week, or are you all right at this moment in time? Sadly not. Sadly, I was busy and wasn't able to go to the event, um, and there were no one sort of within my proximity that I could assault either. So, sadly, no no <laughs> things to report my end. Yeah. Well, we have got Crown Jewel to watch, but before that, we're going to catch up with Raw and SmackDown. So, Raw October 9th. Seth Rollins kicked things off. Drew McIntyre arrived with a little wave to the champ as he got to the ring because he's quite polite. The visionary uh, assumed Scottish Royal wanted a title match and seemed fire up to compete. But McIntyre told me he wanted the match, but only when Rollins is back to full fitness. He proposed Crown Jewel on November 4th as a time and place. Damien Priest attacked the champion from behind and called for Judgment Day to bring the briefcase, but McIntyre grabbed the case and threw it along the stage, giving time Rollins to recover so you know i think monty tell me i'm wrong here but mcintyre is a true gentleman for doing this let's set the stool out right away look how he did this you know straight to the face what an opportunity what a guy it was the least he could do i guess because he's, he's no longer helping people on running anymore i guess uh you know, whatever. I'm not going to give him too much credit because we, we, as we found out, this is all for selfish purposes. So, you know, I, it looked like a nice thing. Thank you for saving Seth's belt. But, yeah, no. Come on now. You know this was all because Drew wanted to become champion by beating Seth. So, yeah, I mean, you can't get too many points for it. Come on. Calm down. Your bias is showing already, Jack. You're right, Monty. He is a legend. But more on Drew in a little bit. Uh, no, Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. Ray Ripley attacked Jack DQ. Baseball spent at the ring, uh, nailing the Australian with a knee to the face. We get new tag champs promo. KO and Zane wanted a match. Bronson Reed beat Ricochet and Gable to become number one contender. Johnny Garno to Master Chumper gave an interview with Wade Barrett. Talk about DIY, but Ludwig Kaiser. And Giovanni eventually attacked him out of nowhere. Becky Lynch beat Tegan Knox to retain the NXT Women's title. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus Zane and Owens. Uh, Rhodes and Uso retained. Uh, but it looked like Cody took a scary bump there. 
SmackDown uh, on the 13th. W Waste Little Time kicking off SmackDown season premiere. Trotting out John Cena, Roman Reigns, The Bloodline, LA Knight for a segment that teased the Megastar challenging the Tribal Chief. The undisputed title and the main event was set for Knight versus Solo. Um, Gina, I'll ask you this. Is LA Knight, and I know he's got a match now with Roman Reigns, Crown Jewel, but is he at that level? Do we accept LA Knight as the main event star at this moment in time? Oh, gosh, that's a really difficult question, and I think it's more down to preference on how you like him as a character, really, because, you know, he has gained a lot of hype for himself, and so when people do get hype but behind the fans, you know, you do want to see them elevated. I wouldn't necessarily say, like, whether I think he's ready for it. Like, I do like LA Knight, but... I mean, in all honesty, my insight, I just don't see him taking this. So, you know, I don't look at him as a formidable opponent for Roman. I see him as like a jobber for Roman. And that's not to say that I see him as a, you know, basic wrestler, but I just don't think he's on that level. So do I go into this pay-per-view event with hope and belief that Roman's going to be dethroned? No, not really, no. You know, so again, I think it's more down to your personal preference on, you know, how you like LA Knight, um, whether he's one of your favorite wrestlers right now or whether he's just someone that you like tolerating until, you know, somebody else steps back into that next limelight slot. Yeah, so, and, and again, yeah, I'm not too sure. Not to compare them, but like Drew McIntyre going to the clash for the championship with Roman, kind of he had more momentum than LA Knight does now. You know, so if I agree with you, will you stop bringing this up? Yeah, it's going to be a long <laughs> night, guys. All right, so if we, <laughs> I can a... see. Oh my god! Come on, man. I'm laying work. All right, this is what it's called, and hopefully, you know. But again, thank you for agreeing with me, Gina. Uh, another thing as well, the greatest tag team in WWE, Pretty Deadly, did return. Yes, boy, Elton Strong and our boys easily beat the Brutes. Triple H revealed that Adam Pearce was the new general manager of Raw with Nick Aldis, the new SmackDown general manager. Now, Jaxie, honest opinion, Nick Aldis, did you did you care? <laughs> I mean, not as much as I probably should have um, in terms of who it was. However, as soon as this sort of thing was announced, I was kind of like, ah, we've reached Survivor Series season. Of course, we've got to have a new general manager that will stick to SmackDown so that we can actually have sort of like Raw versus SmackDown. So it made sense for this to happen. Um, I just, I, I mean, I guess unless you were going to be a retired due to injury type of sir that was being brought in as a GM, there wasn't going to be really much excitement as to the who was behind the SmackDown GM. It just is, it is all about the title, isn't it? So. This really solidifies that we are going Raw versus SmackDown. I kind of wouldn't have minded if they did a Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, considering how much they've been integrating NXT wrestlers mm. over across the main rosters. Um, and to be honest, I actually think that that would have given some of the NXT superstars a little bit of like penance back to get more TV time on the main roster, considering you've just had like main roster people come to NXT and take their belts, you know? So it's just kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit disappointed that not seeing 
NXT sort of being considered, but we've got a, a definite, you know, Raw and SmackDown general manager now, which means we are really going like sort of like down that War Games route, you know? Yeah, the lines definitely have been drawn, and uh, we saw Kevin Owens was a man drafted to SmackDown for main event Jey Uso. Speaking of the man that was drafted, wrestled on SmackDown with Cody Rhodes to beat Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. LA Knight beat Solo in the main event with Roman spearing the megastar to send a message. Raw 16th, J- uh, Zane took the positive route, saying he would turn the dismantle of his team with Owens into an opportunity to prove he is a main event level star. Judgment Day interrupted Jay making the save. Monty asked you this, like I said, well, I'm a huge fan of Sami Zayn, sure as you. I was a little bit surprised they split up KO and Zayn so soon. But is this the right path? Do you reckon he's saying better off on his own? Uh, at first, I was just like you. At first, I kind of looked at it like, uh, you know, maybe this is uh, like I don't understand why we're we're splitting this team up so so uh, fast. If you think about basically uh, how much time was put into the storytelling of getting them back together and everything that happened at WrestleMania, but. Uh, honestly, I, I do think that it's fine um, now because I can. Not only are, are can they both do things. We all we all know this. They both were great on their own in their own right. So I have no problem with. It. I'm a little bit more optimistic for Sammy than I am for Kevin splitting up because with Kevin, it's just like you go on the SmackDown. We know they won't. We pro- if they do run the back to Roman stuff, we know what's going to happen with that. So I doubt he's going to be challenging Roman anytime soon. So it's like, what's next for Kevin and what can he do before they end up either just, you know, I mean, maybe they'll end up turning him heel and he can do something exciting. But you see what I'm saying? I just don't know what the future lies for Kevin. It's a little uncertain in that regard. But when it comes to Sammy, uh, I was uh, very, very optimistic that, this because it is the world heavyweight title because it's against uh, yeah people like Seth Rollins or even Damian Priest uh, in the top or in the main event scene overall. Sammy actually has a more a better chance of doing what we all would like him to do, and that's getting to the top of a, the mountain alone. So I can I see it from that point of view, even if I thought that him and Kevin had more legs than what they could do together. But you know they were tag champs. Let's just be honest, Raw, even though they're trying to build something now, they haven't had much of a tag division during that entire run, really. They just kind of fought Judgment Day. So, yeah, man, I mean, uh, as far as the the run of them as a team, I was kind of, you know, yeah, it was lackluster. I wish they could have did a little bit more. But uh, I do think, as far as Sammy goes, this is a good thing that he's, uh, uh, you know, that he's that they're splitting up and they're going to give more focus to Sammy Zayn as a singles uh, character and possibly he could be uh, in the world title picture going forward. So I, I hope that's what they do. But as far as Kevin goes, I'm a little less optimistic. I'm not really sure, uh, you know, what they can do, even though I know whatever they decide to do or whatever he does, he's going to do his best to absolutely knock it out the park like he always does. Yeah, yeah, right. Out. Um, Ricochet produced a fantastic shoot from the stands onto Nakamura in their matchup. Uh, Ricochet Nakamura was great, I would say. Uh, yeah. Ricochet proves how good he is. We get a dress, uh, Drew <laughs> promo uh, with Rollins noting that McIntyre and Ripley chatted in the background of Ricochet promo last week. Um, and McIntyre returned saying, think about how you're going to reinvent yourself for the 53rd time when I beat you and take your title crown, Drew. Drew, Drew yeah. Yeah, sick burn. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, not really. Yeah, not really. Because 
he hadn't re- reinvented himself enough. That would be my kind of. That's my comeback to Drew on that can one. We, but hey, on? whatever. Can we, can we move on? Impartiality <laughs> is what we want. Uh, the match between Ray Ripley and Baszler was less about set the differences and more about spotlight of all women's division. So Jax and Raquel Rodriguez all made their presence felt. Backstage, it was announced that it was going to be a fatal five-way match. Gunther retained his icy title versus Bronson Reed. Um, Gina, what a fucking match this was. Obviously, we know Bronson Reed and Jonah, what he can do, but he showed up against Gunther. And Gunther, man, is there anything he can't do, you know? Definitely, 100% agree with you. They both had such a great match against each other. And to be honest, I truly thought Bronson had it. I literally thought Bronson's taken this. He's, he's going to be the one to beat him. And I wouldn't have been mad at it either because it seemed quite realistic with the way that they both were wrestling and, the, and their type of wrestling levels. I, I truly felt that Bronson could have got that one. But Gunther, again, just showing everybody why he's the ring general, you know, and just retaining it and making this reign actually mean something for him, which he's having a great time telling you straight up. But uh, I was a little bit gutted that Bronson didn't win. <laughs> I still enjoyed the match, though. So. That was great. Uh, speaking of title reigns that didn't matter, Undisputed W Tag Team Championship, Cody Rose Joe so lost to the Judgment Day when Jimmy Uso appeared uh, and cost Jay. Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, this is kind of, I don't know, it felt, felt a bit cheap after the win at Fastlane, you know? Um, with regards to what the... Uh, Judgment Day winning back the tag so quickly. Like eight days it was, wasn't it? Or something like that. Yeah. Like, so, again, this goes... I think I'm pretty sure that the uh, this is, was a very similar situation months ago with the women's division, you know, with Shayna and Ronda holding the titles. And then there was, like, you know, what, eight days in between before they lost it or something stupid. You know, like... Why why do this change if you're gonna do a sudden change back again? You know? It it made no absolutely no sense to me as to why they took the belts off the judgment day and just to get the judgment day to get them back. I I, I actually still question what the whole point was of that. Yeah. Like, what was the point? Just to screw up a prediction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to get me a point. It really does, though, and you know, just not even coming from a prediction point of view, but like again, you're just doing what you had mentioned earlier, James, about just no one really giving a damn about what, who who's got the tag belts because they they currently aren't that prestigious enough to like be building up. You know what they really need to do, and considering it is Survivor Series season, they need to actually separate those belts again. And actually try and make something of the tag division again. Because I think so far, like that's that's where the trouble lies, is that the tag division is still neglected. It's still not seen as a big deal. Um and they used to like the tag division is one of the strongest divisions across all platforms. So not just even WWE. And yet for some reason these title belts just kind of feel non-redundant. It actually feels like there's no point even have title belts for tag teams right now. Yeah, I would agree. On to SmackDown on the 20th. Uh, Paul Heyman kicking off the show, uh, making idle threats to LA Knight, who interrupted and issued a warning of his own, telling Heyman that he's chief. Uh, best not miss, they decide to take a shot at him. 
John Cena came out and said it was exactly 2002 days since he last won a televised single match. His last win was in 2018. Uh, he said he's going to issue a challenge to the next idiot who come through the curtain, enter solo, but Jey Uso attacked Jimmy, which caused a distraction. I mean, that brand extension, eh? Uh, but this is weird because Cena's talking about this now. Is this leading to a retirement angle? I mean, we're going to talk about what happened at Crown Jewel, but this is, again, laying the foundations for it, isn't it? Saying that he hasn't won for nearly five years. Yeah, you know, I think it was a nice reminder to anyone who has been enjoying these last, you know, however, almost two months or whatever that he's been on TV. Uh, you know, I think for anyone who's been enjoying it, I think he's kind of reminding everybody that he, he got way uh, more of his career behind him than he has ahead of him. And, like, I don't, I can't say for sure if it's over, over, because I don't know. Cena gives me the vibe that he would probably kind of be like Dwayne, leaving it open-ended. So, like, he would he would leave, but he will always, like, just show up again. I just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it just that's what he can kind of give me the vibe. But you're 100% right. When he started to kind of talk in that way, and I think that's part of, uh, you know, some, like, the reason why I just actually kind of paid attention to his promo a little bit differently than in years past, because he actually, for the first time that I've seen on television, started to acknowledge that, uh, you know, this is this is looking like it's the end, you know? And, yeah, and, I, and it's crazy when you think about that, that statistic, that how long it had been and the type of streak he basically was on. And it's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, I think, honestly, it's like you said, I, I don't know if a retirement angle is coming, but I think he, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But John knows, and I think WWE knows that, you know, the amount of times that you can trot John Cena out as a main attraction other than just an appearance here and there, or, you know, he, he's he's closer to that Stone Cold, The Rock, pop up, give a great appearance, Undertaker, you know, just show up, get that pop type of, he's closer to that era of his career than he is of ever coming back and, you know, just delivering consistent performances, like he, even though we were spoiled the last few months. So I think that's what it is, kind of just a reminder Nice. He got a lot of things off the bucket list. I think. Then he get it wrestling in India and all of that. You know what I mean? Got 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 a lot of stuff done that he probably he could say he's checked off. He's worked with some people that he never worked with before. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is definitely getting uh, definitely signs towards the end. But I can't ever really say for sure. Like after Austin came back after like 18 years and the neck surgery, <laughs> like can I really close the door on anybody? Yeah, in this yeah. Like, yeah, I think maybe a match every now and then, but like I said, yeah. for, for a main run, I mean, it's coming to an end. Uh, someone's right. running starting is Logan Paul, who returned to WWE and made his desire to hold the United States Championship. Uh, he said that he beat Rey Mysterio already. EO Sky successfully took the Women's Championship, defeating Charlotte Flair, but not without controversy. controversy. Uh, Bailey once again made a presence felt on the title belt. Uh, placed this guy's foot on the rope. A queen me gained a measure of revenge by blitzing her at ringside. And we get the shocking return of Bianca Belair moments later, which led to the babyface standing tall. And Gina's always good seeing the EST of WWE. I realise how much I miss Bianca once she has gone away for a little while. Definitely. She, it was one of those um, preference uh, sort of things where they go off sick and like is whether you kind of realize and remember that they've gone off sick and you and you actually miss them when they come back or you're just like, oh, uh, 
Okay, yeah, I forgot about her. So it's never the case with Bianca. Bianca is always missed, and her presence is just so big, sort of on the roster. So yeah, it was definitely nice to hear her music drop and just hear everybody just you know lose their shit because they're like, oh shit, we're getting Bianca back tonight. So yeah, it was definitely nice to have that. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Move on to Raw, October twenty third. Damien Priest took out Cody's ankle. Is there another superstar with injuries this past year than Cody? <laughs> they all faced at Crown Jewel. Jey Uso was pissing and moaning about losing the tag titles and saying Jimmy cost him, and Drew told him to get over it. <laughs> Love it, you see, because everybody's telling Drew to get over it. Anyway, Drew then beat Sami Zayn. That was Raw. SmackDown, October 27th. <laughs> Roman Reigns. L.A. Knight contract signing. L.A. Knight interrupted Reigns' entry. Stole his place at the head of the table. Uh, Perfectly done, Bob. Yeah, this was brilliant, wasn't it? Um, With what part? With with the the contract signing between L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns. To be fair, you've got to give L.A. Knight a bit of credit. He can hold his own on a mic, you know? Um, like he really can command the attention of the audience, and I think it, this goes back to the point that my sister was talking about earlier, where not that LA Knight is a jobber, but could you see the likes of LA Knight and what they've done with him right now? Do you see him at that higher level of a caliber to be able to defeat the Tribal Chief at this moment in time? No, but from that contract signing and that promo uh, between them. You, you truly wanted to believe that LA Knight could actually take that title off him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I was team LA Knight during the promo. But I was like, you know, my prediction is always going to be that Daddy Reigns was going to retain because I just didn't feel like they've done enough with LA Knight to really yeah. make us believe he, he can hold hold the belt and, and, and run with it for the moment. Like, I, I do believe that like it's time that Roman should vacate that belt. However, it needs to be done correctly, and I just don't think that that was the right time. Yeah. Whoever does it has to be huge, huge, like in like yeah. really high, because that's how yeah. high they yeah. built Roman. If you know what I mean, he's been so much exactly. higher than the rest of the roster. Yeah, McIntyre. Agree. Uh, uh, Reigns attacked Nightfall. Back. Oh my god! He got involved and got put through the table. The Street Profits deleted Carlito and Santos Escobar for the door presented to new theme music Sam's Red Solo Cups. This is Carlito's first match on SmackDown since April 7th, 2009, where he partnered with Prima Colon, Ted DiBiase, and Cody Rhodes. So, (laughs) Monty, the more things stay the same. Right? It's insane, man. And, man, I used to love Carlito back in the day. And it was hilarious when he told the story of kind of like why he hasn't been back sooner. He just said they thought he had heat with them, and he thought they had heat with him. He said he always liked the little WWE, but he really just needed a break. But they just thought he hated working there. So it was great. They totally did like a Jada Pinkett and Gabrielle Union where they were like, I don't know why she didn't like me. I don't know why she didn't like me 17 years, years later. I never had an issue with you. Oh, right. I never had an issue with you. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's awesome to see Carlito back in the ring regularly and all of that. I always was a big fan of Carlito. And I'm just going to keep begging. I know they won't do it because they just don't care. 
But please give him his old music Carlito, back. It was perfect. Carlito. 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 Yeah. Come on, man. See Logan Paul jumping Rey Mysterio backstage. John Cena gave another promo saying for the first time in 20 years, film in jeopardy of losing your support. Uh, film in jeopardy of losing your respect. Uh, the fans shouted, you still got it? And Cena's like, well, if I don't, uh, there's only one thing to do at Crown Jewel, win, with Len Solo laying him out. Bianca Belair made her intentions clear, take out damage control, and win the women's title. Um, Nicole just put together a title match Crown Jewel between EO and Bianca. And Lady Knight topped off a banner night victory over Jimmy Uso. If that was not enough, the fact he dropped the tribal tree with blunt force trauma and stood over him talking smack to close out the show should have been. And like you said, Jackson, LA Knight took a massive step in legitimacy that night. On to Raw, we see Dominic Mysterio beating Ricochet and the Creeds beating Alpha Academy. And not only that, but the first DIY match in three years uh, beating Imperium. Monty, I'll say to you, the Creeds and DIY, two huge parts of NXT over the years. NXT, NXT, Raw, man. NXT, yeah, we're NXT, NXT marks now. <laughs> NXT. <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Definitely for the Creeds. I'm just happy that they're that people can see just how immensely talented those guys are. They've just they like I said, I said this on the NXT show and I said again, our most recent one, that uh the Creeds have been head and shoulders above the rest of that tag division. In, even during the 2.0 days, like they were just better than everyone else by far. So I know they're more than ready, especially in the ring. They probably need to work on promos and all that other stuff. But honestly, I love what Triple H is doing. Just going out, just go out there and let them do what they do. Put them in the ring with people like you know Chad Gable and Otis, and just let them do their thing, so they can show you just how impressive they are as athletes. And as far as DIY goes. Like you said, probably one of the, if not the greatest NXT tag team. They definitely have one of the most, they probably one of the most memorable uh, NXT tag teams for what they accomplished and their breakup and just how that moment lives on forever in history of just wrestling, much less NXT. And, you know, uh, so, you know, to see those guys and then they're fighting people, uh, Imperium, another great team <laughs> from the NXT and NXT UK days. So it's just, Again, the NXT mark in me was very, very happy and proud. I, as a matter of fact, I mentioned that later when we get to the Crown Jewel show, how uh, the NXT mark in me is just proud in, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, man, uh, this, this was awesome. I, like you said, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the Creeds can do. Like I said, this is going to be – this is what Triple H needs to do. So, we, you know, Jackson was talking about it earlier. They need to build up a tag division when it comes to threats for Finn and Priest's belts or whoever is going to end up with those titles eventually. The Creeds will definitely have – Plenty of tag titles, in my opinion, and I just think they can be a cornerstone of any division, just like Pretty Deadly, in my opinion. On SmackDown, can be also be one. So I just think, yeah, man, I think that right now, I think they're trying to do what they can to build it. It's been lackluster for a while, but maybe if they build around a DIY right now, Imperium, Pretty Deadly, the Creeds, and you know, if, if Alpha Academy, all these people, I think they they have. The, the makings of a tag division. They just need to be more focused, give them something to actually sink their teeth into when it comes to stories, along with the great matches that they can put on. Yeah, we're about to oh. Build these characters up and you're giving them screen time, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Miz hosts with Gunther as his special guest, or at least he tried. Gunther said he wasn't worthy. We get a great video from McIntyre. It was excellent, made him look dedicated and dangerous. 
Seth Rollins beat Jaden McDonough. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven gave gold when they dressed as the Hart Foundation. Piper as Nine Hart was epic. I mean, Jackson, this might be the best dress up a wrestler's ever done. It was spot on. I didn't yeah. know if it was Jim Nine Hart come back from the dead. I really didn't. Honestly, I think you know, give them ten out of ten for their <laughs> for their dedication. Um, the, that that tag team and the New Day absolutely killed it. The New Day dressed as Rhea and Dominic. Oh my gosh, I I was in tears. I was in absolute tears. Both both teams rocked their outfits. I mean, without a doubt, and they got rewarded for great outfits. To uh, <laughs> they were like, "We're well, doing really well. Let's book you lo- to lose to Charlotte and Shotzi on SmackDown," which they did. Uh, they keep doing it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Charlie I know. This has is, killed is, Chelsea as team on. for some reason. They're over. Hey, They're yeah. over. It's fine. They can lose. They can ta- yeah. champions lose all the time. <laughs> uh, no, but like this is not what you need for building up <laughs> this tag division that you know they rightly called out and said that these titles are cursed. Well, look what you're doing to them. You're constantly having the champions lose. What is the point? We get another confrontation between Roman Reigns and LA Knight. So had a few words for John Cena. Um, we had a good old-fashioned Donny Brawl and Brutes losing to Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy! Pretty Deadly deserved those tag titles. Way in between Logan Paul and Ray. And Bianca Belair beat Bailey with a KOD. Uh, afterwards, Bailey exposed the announce table. But it was Belair that used it. She sent the role model through it with a KOD. O-D. So, on with the show then. November 4th, Crown Jewel. What better way to kick off them with kickoff? Megan Ram, Matt Camp, Pete Roseberg in studio. There was nothing. But I did have a little laugh because you guys were forced to watch a bit of kickoff because uh, there was a kickoff match. So, gutted. Uh, <laughs> the show went into the stadium and it was Sami Zayn getting a huge ovation, taking on J.D. McDonough. Uh, we see Zayn playing to the crowds as he chanted uh, for him for the action away. Middle portion of the bout was a little on the slow side after JD took a nasty looking bump into the bottom rope. But once again, he appeared to regain his composure, picked right back up. The underdog from the underground was able to pin JD with a huge blue thunder bomb. The crowd was hyped for the match and both men did all right. So Monty starts off, what do you think of the kickoff match? Sami Zayn and JD McDonough. Yeah, uh, it was really cool. I thought it was nice to see this match. Uh, I want to say that this was a house show special. At least that's what it felt like. I thought it was uh, simple enough. It wasn't anything too... I never really thought Sammy was in too much trouble, but I did think, you know, J.D. made himself look, uh, you know, competent in the ring with Sammy, so that was cool. And for someone who, uh, for a while there, just, they you know, couldn't or couldn't or wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia, it is always awesome to kind of notice just how loved... Sammy is over there and the way that they, the people over there react to Sammy. So, yeah, man. I, the, but the match itself, I thought, was, you know, decent, really, really cool, but not uh, anything too special. But I, I, it did not take away from anything. And it was on the kickoff show, so I think it did the job of getting everyone going. Yeah, I think about doubt. Uh, it was a good way to start. It was weird to see the Sami Zayn of Bloodline take on, like, the Sami Zayn of the Judgment Day, if you know what I mean, like, just a guy wanting acceptance from a, gr- uh, from a group. Sure. Um, and also, I can't believe it. They were talking about it. Years since the agreement. Tenth show. 
And weirdly enough, we talked about meeting wow. wrestlers earlier. I actually saw JD wrestle in Maystone, and now he's wrestling in Saudi Arabia. So pretty big step up. I mean, Maystone's like the Las Vegas of England, Monty. I think. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think that's what we talk about. Maystone's the kind of big, big place down south. Um, and JD had a horrible-looking bruise for him. I mean, my God. Yes, um, oh, my goodness. I mean, Gina, <laughs> did you feel a bit sorry for JD, Judy? Because he got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I, I kind of thought it was going to be a bit of a JD burial because right now JD is kind of like the one who takes all the hits for the Judgment Day anyway. And with how Sammy is received in Saudi I kind of knew that he was going to come out on top. So I expected him to be taking a, a lot of brunt of the hits and stuff. But shit, man. And there were some hits that he took that I was like, is man's okay? Is he all right? Because I, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, look, put up the X sign ref and call me out the ring. I'm done. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm glad he's okay. But some of the hits he took look pretty brutal. Yeah, they they were pretty bad. I mean... Uh, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Do you want to start us off with scores out of five? Yeah, I mean, again, I agree with a lot of what everyone said. This was a feel-good match more than anything, um, but you couldn't, you know, get take away from the crowd. The crowd were really excited just to even see this match, even if it was on the kickoff. So it really had good vibes already going into the beginning or the start of Crown Jewel. Um, yeah, I, I, you got to give it to JD. He took a lot of bumps, and that was a, a nasty-looking bruise after, as well. Uh, that was forming. So, for this match, you know, it did what it needed to do. I'm gonna give it a three and a quarter. Like, there wasn't much behind the story. Like, I just based it on the wrestling, but like, there was no wow factor for me. Um, this could have been a match on Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, three and a quarter is fine for me. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I think that's fair. Three and a half is probably what I'd give it. You know, maybe a little bit more just for the the beating that JD took. But yeah, uh, it was it was really really cool. But three and a half is probably the most you could give it. Maybe Gina. I give it a three and a half as well. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half. There. Uh, right. Predictions next. This is where. It gets interesting. So, prediction leagues, 2023. So, before Crown Jewel, two WWE events left. Uh, WWE Prediction League. Of course, we've got three prediction leagues. Let's not forget WWE, AEW, and bonus points. So, Gina and James are locked in a battle of five points. Monty's on four, and Jaxi is on one. Now, Jaxi, I want you to be on one for the for the next two events. Is that, that sounds harsh. But I think that's a record in itself. All right, so I've had I've had high hopes for WWE, and I'm just entirely blaming some Vince trying to take control and fucking everything up for me this year. So hopefully, my New Year's resolution will be to improve in my WWE ratings. But clearly, Vince screwed me. He did. He did. Screw Jaxie. Um, so bonus. Bonus league, we've got five bonus points left. Monty on 16, I'm on 15, Gina on 13, Jaxi on 11. And AEW, uh, we have got maybe two shows left. Jaxi on four, Monty, James, and Gina all on three. 
So the show's left a crowd, full gear, Survivor Series deadline. But the question is, and we have to come up with an answer now, about World's End. Because it is on December 30th, but we will be doing the year end at that point in time. So what do we do? Do we award the points afterwards and find out the winner of the year-end prediction a week into January? Or do we have a cut-off and class it as next year's event? I mean, should we discuss as a group? I mean, what do we do? What do we do? I like the year into January thing, but I mean, it's up to you guys. I don't mind that. I think it's something nice to look forward to the January episode to see who won. Yeah. 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 A A week into January. Yeah. Right, so we we do all the points up into a point, and then we'll finally get the final scores the week after with the AW show when we do the review. Right. Sounds good. Right, so that means, yeah, there are AW shows left, so anybody can win. Uh, so predictions for this, we all went Zane for all on one. Main show, not a bad intro. To Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. For the World Heavyweight Championship. Rollins made his way out to quite a quiet crowd. You know, not really into him. Drew came out to a thunderous response. And the crowd were behind him from minute one. That tells you there's a true superstar there. Came out looking to right the wrongs in his career. And he wasn't holding back. The contest kicked into high gear early and didn't slow down. The Scottish Warrior used his superior strength. His smarts, his uh, to control the champion, and it was basically a one-sided fight with McIntyre having the upper hand most of the time. Uh, somehow, Seth managed to kick out of a claymore, which I'm not sure has been done before. Uh, and then what maybe looked like a low wasn't show. I wasn't sure. I might have to go back, but I saw a super kick, pedigree, and a stomp for Seth Rollins to get out there with his championship as he sat in the ring looking hurt and maybe going to relinquish the title after that beating. Damien Priest came down to look to cash in, but Zayn came out of nowhere and attacked him. And yes, my heart may be broken by Drew losing, but Jaxie, you must have lost your shit when Zayn took that brief. Out. <laughs> Honestly, I love Sammy, but Sammy became my number one enemy. At that moment in time, like I saw red, uh, never smiled so much about Sammy. Um, you fucked me over. It was Vince this whole time, and now it was you, Sammy. Then fuck you very much. Thank you, thank you uh, very much. Uh, it's great. Uh, so we talk about the match, though. I mean, in all honesty, McIntyre Rollins had a fantastic matchup, and that's just me talking. You know, that's true, isn't it? This match was great. No, it definitely was a great matchup. Um, it, if you're asking me if I thought that Rollins was going to lose it here, no, I didn't. So I'm really sorry, James, but I just he was didn't. In trouble, have... you're right? He did look in trouble, yeah. <laughs> but he's going for full me, Nigel, de- like he's delusional. Just, just let him go. Just it's actually, go. it's actually gotten to a point where I feel like we need to like hold an intervention soon, guys. Yeah, but um, yeah, still, the match was a great. Great match, but yeah. I just didn't, I didn't see that there was going to be any title change from it. Sorry. Yeah, it probably doesn't help. The 500 you... episode need to be a clash of the castle <laughs> intervention. Look, 
<laughs> to be fair, when you're not on the poster of the event, chances are you're not winning the match. But again, again, you know, it's like Cody being front and centre and going, you're against... Where's Drew? Like, put him on... I don't want to sound like CM Punk and a pipe bomb, but if he's not on the, you know, posters, if he's not... Um, but he was over with the crowd. There's no doubt. And I am starting to worry about his future. And believe it or not, guys, yeah, the clash did hurt so bad. So maybe winning the AEW Championship at Wembley. Maybe that. Maybe I'll get the hopes <laughs> up, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> that might be the only way to make you a, a full-fledged yeah, fan of AEW, though. He does. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like all <laughs> elite wrestling over WWE. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I think at this point, whatever is going to keep your spirits up, James, just go with it. In all don't, don't enable, don't enable no, 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 him. I'm saying, but Jaxi, it's like, what do we do for Drew now? You know, like I said, they've kind of used him to yeah. for Gunther, they've used for Seth, and now it makes me think maybe they're just going to be like, right, you can go if you want. You know what? I mean, the only <laughs> thing that I can actually see um, being a possibility for for Drew at this point is Drew needs to go heel, um, and he just needs to go for yeah. a bad guy. And see how that works. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we could actually all say this is what led to Drew becoming a bad guy. But like, is is the best way forward for Drew at this point to actually, in terms of relevancy, not saying that Drew is bad at all. In the ring, he's great. The match itself was a great match, but for Drew to actually repick up that popularness with the with the crowd and draw them back in, he's gonna have to draw heat. Because right now we've got too many other baby faces that are too much more over than him. More popular, yeah. Well, as, yeah. as you say more popular, it's getting booked better. You know, it's, it's all about the booking. Yeah, it's yeah, all Vince yeah. McMahon's fault. You know, it's all triple. Yeah. If they booked Drew again. to beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, this wouldn't be happening. But again, I'm not going to go back. But there's a reason why they talk about it. Gonna happen. Like, that ain't going to happen, James. Yeah, yeah I mean... Again, like there's a reason why they had Solo come out and actually fuck up Drew's chances again. But yeah, Solo's you know, a if, if we're... that's why. That's, that's <laughs> but, why. There's no talking to him if, like this. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but if if we do really want to talk about relevancy for a Drew right now, the best way to do that is for him to draw heat, and that would be to turn heel. So that's why I see happening for Drew. Um, at this moment after that match, I kind of was like, yeah, he's got to go heel now. But uh, Monty, match, and again, like I said, Drew's showing what he can. Uh, and how have you thought of Seth Rollins' world title reign? Because I think I've gone against him in every paper. Back to, like, Finn Balor. Yes, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I've like, yeah, noticed. Him. Like, you bo- you've been against Seth this entire time. And I'm as the one as the one of the people who have been loyal to this entire run because I just love everything that Seth has done. And I feel like he's been... Going under the radar is underappreciated. When when the other world champion won't don't even show up half the time. Don't it won't even be uh at uh, at least from what I'm hearing, he won't even be at one of the big four pay per views here. At least I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but far, the way it's looking, I don't think Roman's gonna be at Survivor Series. So if like you got the other world champion doing that, and then you have another world champion who's literally breaking his back, having matches every other week, you know, title matches, defending. And doing the, the, his damnness, and I just have to do. No, I have nothing but the utmost respect for everything that Self has been doing. But yeah, you have you have not had a lot of belief in what Self has going on. I can understand it in some ways, but I just felt like 
uh, for that world title to not just look like immediately like a joke. It's already automatically second field to what Roman has. So I just felt like for it to, to not look like a joke, you needed self or you needed whoever was going to be carrying that belt to look strong. And yes, it has been some times where maybe Shinsuke or even Finn, it was times where you're like, you know what, maybe they should win. But the fact that he has come out on top in that thing only makes self stronger, in my opinion, if you look at the way uh, if you look at his the way his character is being booked. Now, I will say it's definitely not all on Drew. Like, I'm not trying to say all of this is on Drew. You're 100% right, Dan. Booking has definitely killed a lot of that momentum that he had. And I wish he could lift up the world title. I still, still think he has a chance to lift up the world title in front of a crowd. You know what I mean? And not get that moment just, you know, that moment in the performance center and that be the only thing he does. But I'm 100% on Jackson's side. He needs to reinvent himself. Even if that means turning heel in the judge, I don't necessarily want him to turn heel in the Judgment Day because I want Priest to stand tall as a part of Judgment Day, and I think it goes against everything Drew. Uh, in my in now, heels are hypocrites, so I'm not saying you can't be believable, but I'm just saying Drew joining a group like that after what happened to him, I just don't. I don't really like it. I I th- I think him just going about beating the hell out of people, hurting people, not caring what he does. Not caring about anyone's feelings. Screw the fans. Screw all that. Just actually embracing that he's a huge guy. He towers over half the roster. You know what I mean? But for some reason, he comes more comes off more like a teddy bear at times. Even though we know, if we're going off character, like when he wrestles, he's not a teddy bear. We know he's beating the hell out of people. But when he, but if you're going off his character, he's just a little bit too nice, in my opinion, or at least the way they book him in that white meat baby face sort of WWE way. So I think what he needs is definitely an edge. He needs an attitude. And if that means joining the faction, sure, I just feel like it needs to be done right and it needs to make sense. But I just like more if they just taking a more aggressive route in his character. And I think in the next six months, if they change it up and switch up the direction with Drew, Drew could be right back on top of the company because he has everything that you will, will want, you know. So I, I but I like you said, the match, awesome. Very dramatic. It was a great way to start the show. Uh, it was definitely moments where I thought, like, that that false finish with the Claymore, 100% thought, thought oh, man, it might be over. But uh, the placement on the show did, did Drew in, too, to me. First match, no way. I was like, no way Drew winning. <laughs> first match, like, maybe Priest can cash in first match. But no way Drew winning first match. And I was dancing around my living room when Sami Zayn showed up because, man, I was worried at first. But yes, Seth Rollins still world champion. I'm the happiest because I, I told you guys, yeah. play it safe. Well, play I it would, safe. I would hug the <laughs> shit out of that teddy bear. All right, that teddy bear <laughs> comes back every night. Uh, so Gina, score out of five for this matchup. I mean, you're never going to score it, but I just want to find out what you think. I'm going to give it a four. Still, it was entertaining, but I knew who, what the outcome was going to be. So yeah, four is good. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it the same, to be honest. I agree. Monty? This is, uh, as a matter of pretty much my favorite match of the night, in my opinion. So I gave it four and a half. I was really, I really was on into this. So, yeah, even though I knew who was going to win, I still enjoyed the story they told. Yeah, I gave it four and three quarters out of five. This has been a five-star match if Drew won, but unfortunately. <laughs> uh, predictions? I went Drew, Jaxie went for Priest, 
June and Monty went for Rollins, so it means June and Monty on two, Jack C. Jack on one. We move on to the next match, which was the Women's World Title. Ray Ripley versus Nia Jax versus Zoe Stark versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Shania Baszler. Ripley was given a special entrance. Well, I say special. What the hell was it? Just walk out at the same time. Would have saved five or ten minutes. Like, and again, the idea was, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Okay. They should have come out dressed as Ray Ripley. That would impress me more, you know. Uh, and she likes purple, not green. Get it right, dick. Part of Judgment Day. But the champion did have a smile on her face as the bell rang. Squared up. Jacks rolled out the ring and let everyone else go out. Everyone worked together against her when he had the chance. But once again, she was uh, out the ring. They all started fighting once more. Baze had a really cool spot with three submissions on at one point. Uh, Zoe Stark took out three women and the cameraman with a dive outside. But it was Ripley able to retain her title by slamming Stark onto Rodriguez and Baze with a riptide from the middle rope to end uh, a decent match with memorable moments. Uh, Jaxie, what did you think of this five-way matchup? Okay, this five-way, like, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I kind of liked that, uh, that there was a shine. Um, I felt like that there were uh, highs for each of the women. Um, and I felt like Zoe Star was actually just, just handled a lot of, of of moveset, you know, um, I, the disappointment for me lies in how I I felt like underutilized and underused Shayna is. Like we got to remember, this is this is the woman that retired Ronda Rousey, and yet for her to take the pin, that was where my disappointment lied the most, because I felt like I felt like we should be big, like she should be one of the the leading women going into Survivor Series. You know, you forget what how how big WWE hyped this woman up to be like the ultimate dominator within Elimination Chamber a few years back, and we're completely forgetting all that. But even though I do think that the match did really well in highlighting um, a lot of the uh, women within the match and what they can do, I think that this uh, ultimately was not in Shayna's favor. This match and um, and she should have been one of the ones that they should have been highlighting a lot, um, in my opinion. But, but again, the match itself was so good because you just, you really wanted to believe that Rhea was going to retain, but you, you weren't quite too sure whether or not she would, you know? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. And again, another thing is like, it's good there's two women's matches on the card. Yeah. But it's kind Agreed. of Agreed. bad. Byron Saxton has to do the ring announcing. Uh, because women aren't allowed to. So, again, still more work to be done, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But if you if you go back to a few years ago where there were, I, I think the first ever one, there was no women's match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the, the progression from there being no women's match to one women's match to now two, we're getting there slowly but surely. But, you know, we can we can only do so much without showing disrespect to to, to their country and... and, and, and their beliefs, you know, so it's kind of like one step at a time in order to keep the peace. Like it is, is something that like, I, I think especially with 
the big greater issues that are going on in the world at the moment. I think there's a, a lot of progress here. So yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this? I mean, Ripley is so dominant. Did anybody step up to her? You know, it's a bit like Roman Reigns we were talking about earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think that anyone is on Rhea's level at the moment and she should continue to dominate. And that's just my personal opinion. But I will admit that, like, a lot of the women in this ring still could be put on a level. I still am here for a Shayna title run because... I've just been a fan of Shayna, of Shayna since um, her NXT days. NXT days, sorry, but um, yeah, I just I I do feel ultimately this match was more of just like a let's get Rhea over even more and let her get the win because I don't think her reign is due to end just yet. I think she's still solidifying things on Raw with the Judgment Day, and you know this is going to continue it through, but. Obviously, I want to say Nia Jax is definitely a formidable opponent for her. Um, and it would be good to see, you know, one-on-one match of those two at some point. Um, but in a way, at this point, I don't think Nia can win it from Rhea. If they push her still to be more dominant, then maybe she could be the one to take it off of her at some point. But I don't think it'll happen just yet. I completely agree. And all tried hard in this matchup as well. Monty, I don't know about you, but I'd probably might team Nia, Nia Jax with like an Ava Rain, you know, maybe connect to the bloodline like this dominant tag team or something like an awful yeah. like female, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I can, I definitely see what you're saying there. It, it, it like would be possible. Like the problem with that, the only option, issue really with that, honestly, so far is 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 Naya the one you trust right now to kind of yeah. help Ava along? Yeah, you're because the Ava yeah. needs a lot of needs some work. Right, right. So who's yeah, the one you gonna put in the ring? Who you gonna put in the ring to uh, exactly work most of the match? And right now, if you're going to where Ava is now, Naya would be the one. So you kind of gotta wait. I think that should that should take let let Ava work and you know get a little bit better, and then down the line that definitely can be a dominant. Uh, team uh, together because I'm with you, especially with the size and all of that. They're bigger than most of the women's roster. Like it'll be, it'll be awesome if you know if you got got someone to help Ava alone. But uh, I, to your earlier question too, I wanted to say that honestly, Zoe Stark in this match just kind of. I think me and you know we again as an NXT person, I'm very proud to see Zoe Stark not only in Saudi Arabia but in this spot, showing people like what made her special. Because again, she's another one of those people that. It's, by the way, she's kind of she's getting better, gotten better as a talker. By the way, can't come leaps and bounds over where she was when she first started out in NXT as a talker. Yeah. But uh, if you, if you, in the if ring, she's what, awesome. I, yeah, I, I was going to say about her talking as well, Monty. Just on that, like if you look at like sort of her skills, uh, just before she started working with Trish and that to now, she's improved yeah. immensely. So imagine what she could do come a few years time, you know. Yeah, and I think the future is bright for her. I think she can actually definitely be a, a future women's champion, and she can be a threat to maybe Rhea or whatever, if given the right booking and given the time because of just what she can do in the ring. And I'm not, I'm not someone who's giving up on Raquel. I'm just begging on them to tell her to stop smiling so damn much and quit being yeah. so, you know, so like the happy-go-lucky baby face. Like, I understand you want her to be 
the opposite of Rhea Ripley right now. But in all honesty, it's not doing her any favors when it comes to actually becoming a threat to Rhea Ripley. Like, she is just as big, probably stronger than Rhea Ripley. She should be dominant. She should have an attitude. And when she gets that attitude and they actually allow her to, you know, get a mean streak and stick to it, Raquel can actually also be a legitimate threat in that division, too. Uh, but I, I kind of my whole issue with this match, like I said, they all worked hard. I loved it. I thought they really did good. I think the match itself ended up being very, very good, probably way better than my expectations. But my whole problem with even booking the match is that Rhea is, like you mentioned earlier, James, so far ahead of everybody else on Raw in the division that booking her against multiple contenders is just like, wow. Like you're just pushing the, you're just, you're lifting the ladder up behind Rhea instead of elevating. Other people closer to Rhea, in my opinion, because just they don't have that many contenders to begin with. So to, for her to just knock off four other ones already, it's just like, oh, okay, well, Michael, all right. Michael, Michael <laughs> That's the only us, problem I have with it. Michael told us she had a 20% chance of losing. Or was it? 80% <laughs> but did chance you truly of losing. believe that? Well, right. Michael said that. Right? <laughs> like, come on, man. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, you knew who was walking out of there with that, with that bill. <laughs> what would you score out of five, Bonnie, to start us off? I thought it was good, though. Like you said, everyone tried their best. It was a lot of memorable moments in the match. Uh, I was kind of fumbling with three and three or four, but I, I'd give them four. I really thought it was really cool, and you guys make a really good point about the progression of just having two matches on the car for women in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, man, I, I think they really did good, and uh, it started off pretty quiet, but I think as the match went on, even the people over there started to really get into what they were doing. So, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I hate that finish, though, because the camera angle really made Raquel look great say, yeah, for like, crawling over there. Like, yeah. why did she try to pee in just so she could, like, you see what, you saw what Rhea was setting up. So, yeah, they kind of made her look stupid. But honestly, that's my biggest complaint, really, is just the execution and the camera angle for the finish. I would agree with that. Uh, Jaxie, what would you score us out of five? Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I am going to give it a four and a half, but again, um, I was disappointed with the finish, mainly from my point of view. I don't think Shayna should have been the one to take the pin, but Zoe, Zoe, Zoe took some beatings during that match, so you have to give her credit there. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half as well. Four and a half predictions all went Ripley, so Monty Jr. on three and Double J's on two. Uh, John Cena versus Sokoa next, with Sokoa stepping into the ring for the biggest match of his career against Cena. The crowd was clearly <laughs> in Cena's corner, but also gave the street champ a good reaction. Cena avoided a couple of early attempts at throwing Spike, but couldn't evade the powerhouse grip forever. Sakura began to systematically take his rival apart once he had the apple hand. Fortunately, the match suffered a bit from a slower pace because it went on for too long. But Cena would occasionally try to get the but the attempts were stalled too quickly to get the crowd worked up. Last few minutes were a bit more exciting once Cena started stringing together more moves. Sakura drilled him with four Samoan spikes but refused to make a cover. He picked up and hit him with several more spikes for finally covering for the win. Uh, so, Monty, we've seen this guy debut in NXT. This is the biggest victory of Sokoa's career. Yeah. I think he might hit the spot a couple of times. Not sure, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Revenge for Umaga. 
All I can think about was Joe, I mean, John choking <laughs> Umar got with the rope back in the day in the STL. And I was just like, yeah, he avenged Umaga after many, many years. But, uh, yeah, no, no, like you said, it was really cool to see Solo in this spot. You're 100% right. Again, the NXT market, me jumping for joy. Very, very awesome to see him. And not just from NXT, but just, like, in general, what he feels like and how he feels. He always he feels like a legitimate threat. And, uh, you know, he of course he has the blood. So, you know, uh, I, I thought that, you know, that honestly he – I knew he was always – Prepare. I thought I was always going to be in position for big things. Uh, but, yeah, beating John Cena, you know, in a, you know, decisively like that is definitely always going to be a big deal, no matter what, you know, what, what about it. At the end of the day, that is John Cena. And, uh, you know, honestly, like you said, I think my biggest problem with it was, like you said, the length. I definitely thought that if uh, Solo was going to win decisively, it should be more akin to Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, killing Cena for 15 minutes or however long it was and just throwing him around and, you know, not much offense at all. But, you know, I didn't have, I didn't mind Cena getting stuff in. Uh, I, I just kind of did get frustrated that I let Cena convince me that he was going to, he could pull it off. And I, cause I really blame him. I, and, and this is not the first time that this has happened. Triple H has done this to me a couple of times just this year with letting the person that I, I didn't want to believe would do it. Because I initially, that's what I said. When I first seen it, this is where they were headed. I was like, all right, then, you know, I'm sorry. If they're going one-on-one, Solo has to kill him like Brock Lesnar basically did. And it'll do wonders for Solo. And it'd be a great way for John to go on, go about his business for, for, for now or whatever they decide to do. Uh, but, you know, I let John Cena convince me that he actually had a shot and that he could pull it off. And I guess for some reason... Again, Triple H is Triple H's fault. I blame Triple H. Yep. Because booking. since he's been booking, booking. since <laughs> No, but since he's been booking, Saudi Arabia has has gotten out of that that feeling of we love the the old and big name guys. So let's put them over or let's force them. You know what I mean? I for some reason when I was predicting, I was like, Well, Cena, I don't know how many times he's even been there or if he'll ever be there again. They'll probably want Cena to go out and they'll shock to everybody and he'll beat solo somehow or you know, whatever. Or solo get DQ'd or whatever. You know, that that's kind of what I was thinking for some reason. And I think, but it all made the most sense. Like, Solo was definitely supposed to come out and get the rub and win. And I think at the end of the day, you're 100% right, James. As someone who's watched what, how, what he's become since NXT, is this is by far the biggest thing he's ever done. And, you know, we'll see. You know, who, I can see basically, depending on how where they decide to go with Solo, he could also pin Roman one day. I don't know if it'll be for the belt, but I'm just saying like that's the type of that's the type of build that I think you could have for Solo going forward because he can he definitely can be the future and you know I don't know about the future tribal chief but he definitely can be the future of WWE with what what he the tools that he possesses and I think this is nowhere near how good he can be because we've well, seen him do probably a little bit better than this. Well, like you said, this is not the same Solo in NXT and like even Amaga didn't do this to John Cena. I know times have changed. Right. Uh, and again, crazy stats as well. You know this, but uh, obviously John Cena's last single win was against Triple H Saudi Arabia in 2018. And I wow. actually mentioned it. This was Solo Sokoa's first single P, a premium live event match. He never had a one-on-one right. match at premium. And I'm going, that's the, a good point. But the motherfucker showed up at the clash. I mean, Gina to... This is a long yeah, protection <laughs> from Solo, though. It like, wasn't a scheduled match. 
So you can't exactly say that he was at the clash, you know, and that's actually very true. I didn't really realise half of those facts about Solo, but fair play to him because it was a good match and that's a big win for him under his belt. And, you know, imagine that, a really clean record already to start off your pay-per-view solo event, with yeah. no pun intended, with the name. That's <laughs> uh, what you did there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jaxie, what were your thoughts as what you start us off from score out of five? I mean, um, I have to agree with what everyone's saying. I, I feel really stupid with the way that I predicted this one, to be honest, because right now this is exactly what should be happening. Like, Solo is so big right now and, and to sort of show this dominance, it really, truly leaves you wondering whether or not he is truly probably one of the only men that could be a formidable foe for Roman. So, like, this just solidifies that even more, So you know? So, but I'm really happy with the outcome. Like, I think it made Solo look even better than he did. I too was shocked to hear Michael Cole say that this was his first Solo's match on a premium live event. Um, he's been he's been with the company for so long. You're like, wow, how is that possible? So, um, for for uh, overall, I think the match itself was really good. Um, John Cena was doing a lot to try to avoid the more devastating moves for a long time throughout that match and it was only once they were sort of connected that you could see that downfall coming um so yeah i really enjoyed this match I've, i gave it a four and a quarter gina what about you Yeah, I mean, again, same. I gave it a four and a half. I thought it was a good match and I was happy for Solo to get that win because that's a big win for him behind his belt, like without any sort of outside interference too. Wow. Monty, what about you? Yeah, I gave it a four. I thought it was really, really cool, solid. Like you said, kind of slow. Uh, I I also hit up my little cousin who loves John Cena, always had. And I, and I had to make sure I played boys to me end of the road so he'll understand that it's, it's, it's over. It's over for John. <laughs> Get ready. I think he's definitely at the end of the road of his career. John's uh, Yo, it's coming. It's, he's definitely going to be he's closer to being done than he is of not. And I think matches like this, when you get spiked that many times and all of that, yeah, full-time wrestler, John, or even part-time kind of, other than like appearances. Yeah, no, I think I think you at the end of the road there, but this was awesome. So I, I did, I, it was a very awesome moment for Solo. Yeah, I give it three and three quarters out of five. Predictions, John Cena, apart from Gina. So Gina is on four, Monty on three, and Double J is on two. The Miz trying Ooh. to host an episode of Miz TV with Saudi acting comedian Ibrahim Al-Hajaji before Grayson Waller came out and tried to hijack the segment to turn it into his show. Waller ended up getting hit with a skull-crushing finale to end the segment and cement the Miz as a babyface. So if anybody had Miz as a babyface in 2023 on their bingo card, well done. Um, Monty, this would be the equivalent of, like, Russell Brand showing up in England. Okay, maybe the wrong choice there, but, you know... Uh, we'll uh, move on. He's dead hated. <laughs> we'll move on. Rey Mysterio wow. versus Logan Paul for the United States Championship. And you can see the look on the YouTuber's face as Mysterio made his entrance, made him look nervous, which is not something he's shown in previous events. 
Um, they started with a simple exchange of holes and counters. You can see some improvements to Paul's game despite still being green in places. We were forced to work a certain way due to Paul's limitations, but did a good job. Santos Escobar showed up after some lackey with brass knuckles arrived as well. And Santos took him off the lackey and left him on the apron. The guy is either a fucking idiot Perfectly or placed purpose. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um, as <laughs> Ray went for the 619, we see uh, Paul using the brass knuckles to hit a knockout punch and become your new United States champion. Fuck my ass in the dead of night. Gina, what are your thoughts on this? Whoa. I mean, I really hate saying this. It was a really good match. Um, I wasn't... Well, actually, I was expecting all the high-flying moves from both sides. Um, and I think that they both worked really well together. You know, I think Paul did some amazing, like, stits of his own. But he also, like, I think it went around on, on Twitter, showed that, like, you know, he even possibly helped uh, Ray avoid a horrible neck, neck injury as well. Because when he was doing a flip off of one of the middle ropes, it didn't look like he flipped back enough to meet Paul. So he was literally going to land on his neck. Um, but Paul just ran forward and caught him, you know. Um, so that's, like, really good for someone who hasn't been wrestling for so long to have that kind of ring awareness. Um, but, yeah, I I definitely um, I definitely think, like, the match went to my expectations, and I wasn't disappointed, you know. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And, I mean, Jaxie, I know you're not a huge fan, but like Gina said, he did all right in this moment, and surely now... Gun will need to put over a face for the UFO. Where I mean, maybe, hopefully not the Miz, but do you know what I mean? Build up to something now, uh, maybe to WrestleMania or something like this. Yeah, um, I, I, I think for for from my point of view as well, I agree with what a lot of what my sister said about the match itself. But you know that. So I was going up and down at this point because, you know, when, when you notice that, like, you know, Paul could get the upper hand here, I thought to myself, this is the perfect way to get, like, a, the ultimate baby face to take the belt off of Paul. So, yeah, this would be good for Santos Escobar to be able to avenge his mentor and get this. But Santos left the knuckles there. And whether or not he left them stupidly so, or if he was rightly setting up for it, like it seems to me like there is potential for for Santos to be blamed for for Ray losing this. So then it it already thwarted me thinking, oh yeah, Santos can be the one to avenge Ray. Um, so I don't really know who they're gonna or or I don't know who to expect at this point. Um, will take the belt off of Logan Paul. I have a feeling. I have a really sad feeling, and I really don't want to say this and jinx it. I have a really bad feeling that they're setting this up so that someone like LA Knight will take the belt yeah. off of Logan Paul. Um, and it's sad because obviously everyone wants to see LA Knight in sort of a bigger title picture. But again, like, we, like we're like we talking about at the moment, um, may, there might not be enough like uh, that they've done behind LA Knight to, to believe that he could carry the, uh, the title, at the, the, the main title at this point. So, yeah, it just makes you question whether or not they were setting this up for someone like L.A. Knight, if not him, 
to be able to take that belt off of Logan, but it will be the ultimate baby face that will take it from him. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. Uh, and Monty, it must be something about Rey Mysterio. You know, because everybody talks about he's a legend, but like Eddie Guerrero, Batista, his own son, you know, everybody eventually just gets sick of him. So he must be a right dick backstage or something, surely. No, I doubt that. Do you know really what it is? It's that he is good. Every, I don't care what anyone say. The person who's just all all the way good, almost too good to be true, everybody hates that person. I don't care. You can be, be honest with yourself. Even if you don't have to, a lot of times the person who's just so good, good in two-shoes, perfect, better in every way, to the point to where he's winning more than you, he's all of that. Ray has literally been too good. He's a good person. He's great in the ring, greatest luchador of all time. He's this, he's that. Like, think about it. It's jealousy, of course, but it's also just a little bit of that going on here. And I think, uh, yeah, you're 100% right. But it is funny. Uh, but also, in, from a, from a behind-the-curtain standpoint, I think no one it's, – it's so easy. He's so good, by the way, once again, being good, that it's very, very easy for, for whoever who turns on him or does him wrong, attack him, to look very evil or look bad, if you know what I mean, to say, yeah. like, that's just – like, you know what I mean? It's really, really easy to garner sympathy if you're a Rey Mysterio. No one doesn't like him. It's the reason why he's a career babyface if you ignore WCW, which, by the way, Rey Mysterio is an underrated heel because I used to love the Filthy Animals, but that's that's just me being a mark. But anyway, uh, besides that, yes, Rey Mysterio no, is a career babyface. He bites his own toenails or something. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it's something yeah. we don't know, but I'm uh, telling you, it's because he's so good that he gets turned in the boot of paint. Like you just, you know, Ray's doing something wrong. <laughs> so anyway, he brings it out of everyone. Yes, you are right, though. Monty. He is. He is great beating up Ray Mysterio. Uh, so scores <laughs> then for this. Gina starts off. What would you rate uh, Logan Paul being a new U.S. champion? Uh, I gave it a four and a quarter. It was a good match, and I I saw a kind of funny ending coming to this, but I didn't see it being sort of in Escobar's hands like that, which I find very interesting. So it makes me intrigued to keep him with the storyline. So I think four and a quarter is quite good. Uh, Monty, yeah, I would give it a uh, the match itself. I give three and three quarters. Uh, you know, I thought it was really, really cool. I was kind of, it kind of went exactly how I planned it. I don't think, I don't think that means I'm like, I don't think that means it's a bad thing, but I just didn't think it would be like a, a, a mad classic, but you're a hundred, you guys are right. Logan Paul's instincts, he's only getting better. And, uh, LA Knight is definitely the first pick, but you, uh, you know, it just depends whoever they decide to put there. You're a hundred percent right. They're going to be a huge baby face when they take, the U.S. title off Logan. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's probably going to be around WrestleMania. And uh, also another thing about the L.A. Knight thing, hey, he hasn't won a belt in WWE. So winning the U.S. belt is not a bad thing, especially if you're going off from where I know L.A. Knight from because, you know, he was he may have been Impact World Champion, but when nobody watching. Uh, first off, I will say he's... Oh, you were watching. No, 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 no. I oh. wasn't watching that oh. shit back then. Okay. But, no, <laughs> his biggest accomplishment in WWE is Million Dollar Champion. So, like I said, if he can get anything oh, better that's that, fair. That's yeah, fair. don't say he didn't that's win anything money. We watched it together. Right? They, they got rid of the belt like three weeks ago. Yeah, I know, but still. <laughs> I was to remember. Anyway, 
Anyway, Jack C, what would you score this out of five? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it a four. I thought it was a good match as well, though. Yeah, I'll give it three and three quarters. Prediction went Logan. So Gina on five, Monty on four, Double J on three. Bianca Belair was interviewed. She says, EO will have to fight this on her own. No surprises. Good. <laughs> so <laughs> EO versus Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's title. The EST of WWE was trying to win early and was already scoring two counts a minute into the match. She had a power advantage, was looking to use it at every opportunity. The geniuses a missile drop kick at one point, but Belair's knee taking too much damage to do anything about it. As the bout progressed, both women started pulling out moves that we rarely see from them. Bailey showed up at ringside but didn't immediately have an impact. Sky ended up uh, taking her out by mistake, but the role model still tried to help her by going after the EST. Kari Sane showed up out of nowhere and took out Belair while Sky was keeping the referee busy. This allowed Sky to hit a moonsault the win. Malcolm reminded us it was Bailey who faced Sane in the last WWE appearance. The Pirate Princess hit an insane elbow and they didn't celebrate with Bailey either. Jack, see, what are your thoughts on this? Because I've got to say, EO is so cool. Uh, but this was great seeing yeah. Kari as well. I mean, I lost my shirt. I really did because I was not expecting this sort of return, like especially at this point. And, you know, Kyrie coming to the aid of EO. Um, so, yeah, this just ticked all my boxes. The match itself was really great. It showcased how Bianca still had it even after being off for weeks. Her and EO have great chemistry together. So you just knew they were going to pull off a, a belter of a match. And, you know, sort of, they, they both went hard hitting and you, you can't, you can't deny that you weren't thoroughly entertained watching, you know, from beginning to end. Like you, you truly wanted to believe that Bianca could actually uh, win the belt off of EO. And I think uh, both women did really well. The shock of Kyrie coming into the picture was just um, something that actually even helped make this match even better because that just left you with so many open questions. You know, like you rightly said, like the last appearance of Kyrie in. WWE, she was being beaten up by um, uh, Bailey to get at Oscar, you know. So then, like one of the other things that like just instantly ran across my mind was, how's Oscar gonna feel about uh, Kyrie coming out and um, aiding EO here, and what seems to be like aiding damage control because we know that Oscar's also been having issues with damage control. So yeah, I safe to say. At the end of their match, I was so excited to be able to watch the next SmackDown to actually see what's happening with damage to control, you know? I think they needed something like this in order to re-pick up, um, you know, the status of their group because the status of their group was kind of become had become so irrelevant since uh, Dakota Kai's injury, you know? Um, so this has definitely reinvigorated the group. Um, so I'm excited to see what's going to uh, come from this. Yeah, well, that, and again, uh, me being the kind of geek that I am, I remember the May Young Classic, because of course, Kari Sane won the May Young Classic. But what's even better is that on her way to winning, she did Bianca Belair. So there's even history about that. So <laughs> these two, it was amazing to think that Kari and Bianca met six years previously in the May Young Classic. And happened since yeah. then, you know. I mean, Monty, like I said, Kari coming back to yeah. WWE 
is a bit of a shock because how well she was doing in New Japan, you know? We, we've seen her wrestle at the start of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stardom, you know, New Japan, IWGP, uh, women's champion, you know what I mean? Uh, definitely was doing a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, I, I did have my ear to the ground. I had heard rumblings that Triple H was definitely calling and trying to see what they can work out. Because uh, if, if you recall, uh, you know, after her, she had like an injury too. So WWE kind of thought that they could get her to just, if she's done in the ring, she could, you know, yeah, you can go back to stardom and do whatever you're going to do. But then she asked them, could she get back in the ring for stardom? So I'm pretty sure once at that moment, Triple H or, you know, WWE's gears were turning to be like, oh, she can wrestle again and she's feeling up to it. Like, oh, well, you know. Well, you know, let's see what you can do. So she had told, she informed Stardom a few months back that her last few appearances was just going to be, uh, you know, she's going to get her appearances out the way. And I think she would be free in November to do, to come back to WWE. And that's pretty much what she told them. A lot of people in Japan were very, very sad to see her go because we know how awesome and how great she is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was very interested. And just like you guys mentioned, I knew she would come back. Just didn't know exactly how they would decide to do it. I was definitely, especially since they gave EO the title, I was definitely assuming uh, e, uh, Kyrie would definitely have something to do with that, like or have uh, a program maybe against or at least it, uh, with EO because I know for a long time just how close they they always been, and you know the relationship with Oscar, of course. Uh, even Oscar and EO got a past history of teaming together prior to their history of battling against each other. So it's just a lot of stories that, that could be told on WWE TV if done right. And I thought, like you said, like you guys mentioned, this was done completely the right way. And what I love that also now in the Triple H era or, or whatever's going on, even if the dirt sheet's spoiled that someone is signing, we are still kind of still getting pretty good surprises, or at least the way they're being used. Like, the internet can't necessarily get their hands on the plans the way that they seemingly were doing for the last few years. I really love the fact that everything was under wraps about her even being in Saudi Arabia because, trust me, I didn't I didn't even see a clip of her. Like, someone did record her in the crowd before she ran in, but that happened after she did. I didn't see that clip online until after she did the run-in. So, just imagine, you know, think about all the times we've heard things get spoiled or whatever because, oh, this, we saw this person at the airport or whatever, whatever. So it's really, really cool to finally get a couple genuine surprises from uh, pro wrestling, not just WWE, just to get some good ones in. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think this was really well done. Like you, like you guys mentioned, this was, it was smart, and the history there is smart. And uh, with Bianca basically killing damage control in their original inception on Raw, like she was pretty much running through them all by herself. You know, insert a partner here. Uh, I feel like uh, this is really, really cool to see from this moment right here. It's like, okay, where are we going now? You know, and uh, yeah. you know, and then where Bailey fits into it too. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. And like you mentioned, Jackson, I think that's when uh, premium live events are really good is when they do a good job of making you be like, oh, I want to see what they do next week now or what they do on the next show. And I think this was the best part of that. Uh, this whole entire segment that it made me anticipate. Yeah, I think about that. I mean, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? It's great to see Kari back as well. And what was your score out of five to kick us off? Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you guys as well. So most of your what your comments were would, would have been the same as mine. It's so nice to have that surprise not ruined and just see it for myself like happen there and then. 
And it was a pleasant surprise, especially because I, I, I thoroughly remember that it was Bailey who took Kyrie out um, in the first place. So I was like, oh, is this a bit of a fake smile behind Kyrie going to Bailey? You know, sort of thing. So again, intrigued to see the next show. Um, but the match was really great. Again, I had me on the edge of my seat because I wasn't expecting, I was expecting the outcome of Ia winning, but I wasn't expecting like that outcome. So for that, I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. Four and a half. Uh, Monty, what would you score it? Yeah, I was really good. I gave it four. Jaxie? Yeah, I gave this four and a half. Yeah, and I gave it a four. Uh, uh, predictions, we went EO, so it means Gina's on six, Monty on five, Double J on four, with Damien Priest versus Cody Rhodes next. Uh, Zane still had the money in the bank briefcase, so Priest just showed up carrying the tag belts. I think Cody's entrance woke up the crowd as well. Uh, the Archer was in understandably bad mood and took out Rhodes before the bell. He took the fight out of the ring when Priest hit the reckoning on top of the announce table when Rhodes hit crossroads just to even the score. Finn Balor came to the ringside, distracted the ref so JD could help Priest. Jey showed up to take out the rest of Judgment Day and drive him away with a chair. That's what Jay learned. A chair scares four people. Do that, and you're sorted. <laughs> if anybody, Drew should have had one person with a chair, and it would have solved everything. No. <laughs> anyway, Rose won after hitting three crossroads in a row. Uh, Monty disappeared because Cody is a star, I guess. But uh, credit to Priest. We talk about NXT days. He's improved leaps and, brow- uh, and bounds, even with the interaction with the crowd and getting them into it, you know? Yeah, 100%. You know me, being a big fan of Priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, before NXT, after NXT, and then, like, of course, what they're doing with him now, I definitely would like them to stick it out and make him a world champion down the line yeah, before they decide to finally pull that trigger. But uh, I'm definitely, uh, you know, again, with when it comes to this match, like you mentioned, Cody Rhodes, just, he's, he's the guy. You know, whether people want to accept it or not, when it comes to being a babyface, when it comes to uh, merch when it comes to everything like live events. I'm watching little kids cry and make 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 special things for Cody and it's just like, wow, I haven't seen a person with this type of effect. Like I've seen a person where people, you know, older people and, and you know, people agree. Yeah, I've seen over the years people really like a guy. You know, people really want to, oh, oh, y'all, man, this guy is really hot right now. You know what I mean? But the way Cody just feels, even with the Roman loss and like you know, and the way just everyone just kind of gravitates to him whenever his music hits, whenever he he comes out. You know, the belief that the people still have in him is just awesome when I really think about it. And then you think about, uh, you know, uh, not just what he was getting in the AEW, because I could just bring that up and say how at, towards the end, people in the, the fans in the AEW didn't really care for him as much. But, man... Just the way he feels, and even with despite the loss, because a, a lot of people weren't sure. I wasn't that guy. I didn't like. I, I was definitely bummed out that Roman won, but I kind of knew that what Cody had going because I seen it firsthand at the Royal Rumble with the kids, with the fans. How behind Cody Rhodes, everyone seemed to be in that area. It was just like wow, Cody. Cody really has done it, and I just it's really cool to see even in Saudi Arabia, it still feels that way. And you're 100% right. They work really, really well together. And I think, honestly, since Judgment Day, 
have basically been working with the same group of people this entire run on Raw. The chemistry is definitely where it needs to be. I love seeing uh, Damian Priest pull out a reckoning, which is basically the same move as the crossroad uh, on the table. So I, I just, I liked it. It was a really, really good match. And uh, you're 100% right. I'm proud to see Damian Priest in this spot. And I'm proud of Cody, man, because I was there, man. I've been there since he was wrestling with no knee pads and to Stardust and to now. And it's really, really awesome to see how far he's come. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? This is a match we could add on Raw, but as Monty said, you've got two guys who will be world champion sooner rather than later, you know? I mean, we hope so. We hope they both will be. I know Cody will be made one, but I just also hope Damian will get to be champion at some point. But um, yeah, I, I feel a little bit, not torn in half, but like this match was good, but it's kind of like I felt like I've seen it on Raw for the past few weeks as well. So it didn't feel like anything sort of new and innovative, you know? Um, so it, I, I kind of feel torn in two in terms of like rating the match, but in... With regards to it, it was a good match. And as, as Monty said, they've, they've worked with each other so much over these past few weeks that they've got great chemistry. But again, like I said, it's kind of something that's not new. We've seen it quite a few times. It felt like a kind of raw show in a way. Um, I kind of forgot that it was like sort of crown, crown jewel. But the match itself was still good. I just, I do hope that, you know, Damien's cash in whenever it comes is actually worthwhile and I hope that he gets like a decent run because I think he deserves it. But I'm also proud of Cody and happy for him too. But I do feel like Cody's going to be the one at WrestleMania to be fair. So, yeah. well, I hope Jaxie keeps going for priest to cash in and then gives up hope and then he cashes in. So, so <laughs> Jaxie, what did you think? You know, you're, you're ultimately this is going to happen. That is going to happen to me. What? Like one day I'm going to give up with the priest cash in. And that will be the time he he catches in. Watch, and I already know it. Um, but I have to just agree with everything that everyone's saying. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith in myself when it comes to WWE. I feel like I'm, I feel like I should give up. This is such a lost cause, isn't it? Well, maybe this year, but just start fresh, Rumble. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like. Uh... What what would you score, Jackson? Do you think, how how well do you think that would work for me? Starting fresh, James. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What would you score this? <laughs> what would you score out of five? Uh, I gave it a four, and uh, I'll give it a four and a quarter. Yeah, four and a quarter, Monty. Yeah, uh, I'm going with four four stars overall. It was pretty cool, solid. Gina. Yeah, four and a quarter is good. Four and a quarter. I'm going to give it three and five. Predictions all went Cody, so it means Gina's on seven, Monty on six, and Double J on five. Uh, the main event, the paper you saw, Roman Reigns defend his undisputed universal title against the red-hot LA Knight. The crowd was heavily in favour of the megastar, and Charlie's name as the two men stood in the ring for the official introductions. Trouble Chief got the upper hand early, but Knight turned things around and started controlling the pace once the fight spilled out of the ring. Uh, this followed the same pattern as most of Reigns' matches. Everything they did looked good. The way the story was told did too yeah. similar to things we have seen before. Uh, predictably, Sokoa and Jimmy Uso involved. 
by providing some distractions. Uh, Knight kicked out of a spear and almost won with his finisher, but Jimmy got his cousin's foot on the bottom rope. Look, mm-hmm. we've seen it before. Get over it, Knight, all right? Uh, mm-hmm. Rain speared Knight through the barricade, for throwing the back in and hitting another spear to get the mm-hmm. win. So, Gina, I'll ask you this. And again, I want your thoughts on the match. But is Roman Reigns' reign now getting a bit too predictable? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it, it's hard to say but a little bit yeah I mean I, again it, it feels a little bit like you know when the show first got introduced and they kind of forced Roman down people's throats it's kind of the same thing again now here isn't it he's kind of just being forced down our throats and and forced to continue to win and in the same predictable ways as well you know having his bloodline get involved and we we thought it would have kind of changed up a little bit in in ways when the Usos kind of you know started to pair off, but it's kind of still going back to the same thing. You still got Jimmy working with Roman, although Jay is pulled away. So it's kind of like you're still getting the one trick pony, really, of you know the distractions that happen, and you know the the babyface has to go against up. Up the whole bloodline, really, rather than just Roman to well, try and get this and, win. And also, it's like, is there no one Roman can actually beat now? You know, we, we have a title yeah. match against Akira Tozawa where Jimmy Uso puts his foot on the rope because he can't pick <laughs> out a cent on. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. True. I mean, we, we all know it could possibly go that way. And I, in a way, I'm still kind of like, you know, hopeful that, like, you know, it's going to be Cody at WrestleMania that ends up doing it and dethroning Roman, you know? But I'm like, so there is a part of me that is like, but is that too far away to have Roman be doing the same thing that we're always having. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to be able to do to stretch it and and not get the fans kind of turning on Roman a little bit because they're growing sick of him. Well, I've got a couple of great little facts here. So, as Monty pointed out, LA Knight has not won it all in WWE, but this was his first main event and first WWE title match. To put it in perspective, Roman Reigns has main evented 53 (laughs) pay-per-views, which is five off the record. (laughs) He doesn't hold the record. Randy Orton does. But by my math, even through Rumble, Chamber, and Mania, he'll only be a couple behind. He has defended Mm -hmm. Universal title 33 times. So, (laughs) So LA Knight... Who's not had one Reigns defending right. the same title, 33. Um, again, it shows Jaxie the difference between LA Knight and Roman Reigns. But is that WWE's fault? Because, you know, with Roman, he's, like Gina saying, he's been shoved down our throats. And LA Knight is yeah. just getting started, you know? Exactly. Um, I think there gets a point as well where, like, you know, WWE have this issue with not realising when someone is at their peak and when they need someone else to, like, actually come up. So they don't actually have anyone that's remotely ready or on that point where they he we, they could safely say, OK, he could take the belt from Roman now, you know, because they've they've been so focused and so busy on building up the bloodline. They forgot to actually put other things in preparation for this, you know. And that's what they need to get better at, at, like layering their characters and or their wrestlers 
um, so that the characters actually get built up to a status where we then would would have a, a, a few formidable opponents that might actually, you know, cause us to believe they could win. You know, they they've not right now they're lost as to who they want to put their trust in, um, rather than just going with it. And this they've done this with Drew. They didn't know whether or not to put the trust back in Drew, and so they got Solo involved. You know, um, and instead of like just constantly holding off. They need to just like pull the plug sometimes and just go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, that it's all about risk. Um, but you're not going to get out of it if if you don't trust your wrestlers to be able to actually build them up. And half of the time, it's because they've not been programmed correctly. So it's actually more on creative's fault as to why creative don't believe that people can take the belt, you know? Yeah, I know. Completely agree with you there. Uh, Monty, as for the match itself, I mean, start us off scoring it out at five as well. I mean, what are your thoughts? I know, like we talked about LA Knight, was never maybe going to win, but did he, you know, how did he match up to Roman Reigns? I love I loved everything he did. I think the stuff he did and, like, the way he looked, he looked like he fit. The problem is, like you mentioned, is the booking, and I'll talk about that in a second. But as far as the match goes, I was really, really proud, again, as someone who watched the rise of L.A. Knight from the beginning. He was just doing these promos, and I remember vividly telling you how much I did not really care for Eli Drake. And then, like, seeing just from that moment on how he, in every step of the way, whether it's promos, whether it's the stuff he does do in the ring, and just how you never really can predict these things uh, and to see how big L.A. Knight has become to where when he goes to Saudi Arabia, you have people chanting his name and one, and saying, yeah, and just how over he is no matter where they go. I, I, I Like, again, I'm really, really proud of him in this spot because I didn't think he looked out of place. I just think, like you mentioned, it was just a lot of beats to, when it comes to Roman's Reigns matches at this point to where we've basically seen it. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a lot of problems with this. Uh, so the match itself, I'll probably give three and three quarters. Like I said, I don't think it was anything we haven't seen before, but I don't think it's L.A. Knight's fault. Like most of my credit that I'm giving the match is basically watching L.A. Knight in that spot and in the main event and not seeming like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's a trump. He don't have he don't have any business there. I didn't feel that at all. You know, sometimes you can just tell when you watch a guy in a spot like with the, with the guy, you can just tell, oh, management don't believe in him. He's whatever, but I feel like we're at the beginning of L.A. Knight's journey, and who knows, down the line, a couple years from now, especially if he continue to beat his over, which I know it usually don't last too long, but who knows, he could be a world champion down the line at some point, but I definitely can see him, he has to build himself to that point, and it's just, as far as beating Roman goes, I think a lot of problems with that is that all of us feel, everyone, whether you're on the internet or whether you're not, in the way WWE's even presented it, we all feel like we know how the story is going to end when it comes to Cody Rhodes taking the belt. And now it's just all about how the hell do we get there and it makes sense. And I feel like WWE, is, as far as the backstage segment go with the bloodline or the stuff they do, the promos, they're still pretty it's compelling to watch to me as they always been. Probably not as, as high as they were, but they've all, like what Jim, what Jim Uso's been doing, those promos, oh my God, he's been hilarious. He kills me. The delusion that he is, that he has right now, has been awesome. But the, prop, the problem is, at the end of the day, we know when we get to the match that, it, you know, Solo's going to show up. Jimmy's going to show up. Something's going to happen. You know, the person is going to most likely get screwed. And you're right, James. Either you're going to have to let Roman beat someone definitively again, 
or we're going to have to do something where eventually, finally, management is like, can we ban Bloodline from the ring at least? Or like, you know what I mean? It's something. Why it's like, you do that. They tried that, that before. Four them, years. Yeah, but they were well, right. No. They haven't tried it at all, right? You know what I mean? It's like, come on, a cage match, any of the classic tricks that you give heels when they had a faction and make the heel do it on his own, whether he has to cheat himself or whatever it is. And I think that's the problem is the fact that we kind of just, they've gotten so formulated because they just feel like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. But the matches do matter. And I think that's the point. Like, yeah, you're telling great stories, the, you know, whatever, cinema, great promos. I love, I love Roman's presence. Every time he enters the arena, it's awesome. He's on another level. But at some point, you're going to have to understand that the matches do matter and you can't just rely on, you know, some of the same old things that we've seen. Because, and another problem is we watched the perfect version of this match probably almost. And that was Cody. Cody's version of this match was pretty much the perfect version of the Roman Reigns match. And then they blew off the finish. So it's to the point now to where I'm always wondering that, what what the uh, they somebody showed a spot of Darby Allen taking crossroads off the top rope. And I'm like Roman ain't taking it. So what kind of finish is Cody gonna have to come up with? It's that's gonna, gonna be, be awesome. Ten crossroads. I, I yeah, instead of three, he's gonna have to row. do ten. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like what is he gonna have to do yeah. to finally pin Roman? Because it's that's how far ahead he feels everyone. And you're 100 percent right, Jackson. He's at the top of the mountain, and at some point, either you're gonna have to let other people climb up closer to that level. Or you're going to have to show Roman enough on TV. Because that's another thing. When he's away, he's out of sight, out of mind a lot of the time. So he doesn't even get a chance to even look remotely weak. Other than maybe taking one bump a couple weeks before the pay-per-view match. So again, the fact that we all can just figure out what's going to happen with Roman at this point. That is a, the biggest issue. And I think a lot of it has to do with just creative. I don't think the matches are the problem. I agree that. So uh, Gina, what would you score this out of five? A four. And Jaxie? Yeah, I think Monty made some really good points there, but also kind of glad that you kind of um, are seeing uh, it from my point of view as well. Um, it, it just goes to show that I think that this is the universal thing. It's more like out of a preference thing. Um, but yeah, so I would probably give this a three and three quarters. Um, exactly what Monty said. I felt like that this... The, this match was very similar to other matches that we we've seen, um, and 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 it's ultimately the same same outcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going through a Predictions: We all went Roman. So final scores: It means Jack C finishes on six. James perfection six. Monty finishes on seven. Gina finishes eight. So not only a WWE win. But a perfect score for Gina. You run a real purple patch at the moment. Well done, Gina. Woo! I didn't even expect that as well. So by the time it was the end, of, it was the last match. I was just gleaming. Whatever you're doing, yeah, right you now knew what was going to Yeah, whatever you're doing, <laughs> just keep doing it. All right. Don't. Yeah. However, you're doing that. Screw it, man. It can we take that point back we gave her for that, for that perfect, the other perfect? Can we take well, that? this is fucked. We're fucked <laughs> now because Gina's going to catch all of us. Because it means WWE, <laughs> with one WWE event left, which is Survivor Series in a couple of weeks' time, Gina on six is guaranteed a league win. So well done yep. there, Gina. Much like Jaxie yes. was until Tony Khan Yay. added the AEW pay-per-view. 
So Tony, like said, it's not taxi, but it is Gina's. So um, guaranteed league win there. I'm on five. Monty on four. Jaxie on one. And bonus league with four points left. It means that Jaxie's on 11. Gina now on 14. One point behind me, but with a league win, means she will, <laughs> she will, with a league win at this moment, Monty, be tied with you. So you shouldn't laugh too much. All right. Um, that's why I want to take that other point. I, <laughs> I should get both win and then be in league with James. Uh, I, I would agree with that, but you know, James would be a stickler and say no, because he, he'll be threatened, he'll feel threatened. He won't yeah. want you on that. <laughs> so, AW, <laughs> two AW shows left. Jackson on four, Monty, James, and Gina on three. So, with two shows left, Jackson, you could literally lose the AW Prediction League. Like, if Jackson loses you next to. Imagine that. I've got eh? I'm confident it won't got, be me, by the way. But I refuse to, to lose AEW. This has been my, I, my leading baby for so long. So I will be coming hard with predictions and wait, wait Ooh. for and watch this space when you see that I will be the one that comes out with a flawless victory at the next AEW predictions. Will League. we see for the first time uh, really? in WR yeah. podcast what? history? Thirteen thirteen match four and I'll just play. Why don't you believe in me, Monty? For the first time in WR Podcast history, I might not have a big win. By the end of this year. That's the goal. Come on, girl. I know people. Yeah, yeah. Everybody on the email is like, come on, let's shut him out this year. Um, let's go. So we'll see what yeah. happens. As for Crown Jewel, uh, my match of the night was McIntyre versus Rollins, the same as it was with you, mm-hmm. Monty. But Jack is biased, uh, wasn't. So, Jack C, what of the women's matches is your match of the night? Um, oh, I'm going to give it to. Uh, Bianca and Io, I think, for my match of the night. Io, uh, Gina, what about you for match of the night? Because you've got you've solo Cena or Io Belair, Cody Priest, any of them? Um, no, I'll probably just stick with Bianca and Io, just because I wasn't expecting that ending, and it was a nice surprise. Yeah, uh, and MVP and rating. Monty starts off. Who is your MVP of the night, and what's your rating out of ten? Uh, my rating overall was an entertaining show. So, uh, I don't, you know, it was really good. I wouldn't say it was uh, on the caliber. I think the the last really, really special one, because they were on a really good run, but they've kind of taken, they cooled off a little bit when it comes to the quality, even though I wouldn't say any of these shows were bad. But it was good. It was really good. It was, uh, I would say maybe an eight, eight, eight and a quarter, maybe. Yeah, eight and a quarter, probably overall. I thought it was a satisfying show. Uh, I did. I did. I do often say that if the first match of your show is my favorite match, yeah, that might not be. That doesn't really bode well. But at the same time, I don't think this was a bad show. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that at all. That it was bad. And my MVP, uh, I wanted to give it to Seth Rollins. Uh, and you know what? You. Screw it. I still am. I was. I was not. But I was not going to do it. I'm going to give it to Seth Rollins. Like I said, underappreciated. Appreciate yeah, your world Mark, heavyweight you champion. Mark. <laughs> Look who's talking. Look who's talking. Sick. Um, <laughs> you love Drew and Three MB too, didn't you? 
<laughs> Shut up, everybody. Right. So, <laughs> Gina, Gina, what would your MVP and score out of 10? Um, yeah, I, I was glad it wasn't that long of a show. And I was also happy to be able to watch it live. And um, it was a good and entertaining show. So I gave it an eight. Um, and my MVP, I'm going to give it to Zoe Stark because she really stood out in that match and she kind of showcased herself and showed everyone like she actually can be a formidable opponent and possibly a, a champion. Yeah, that's a great, great shout. And Jaxie, why don't you finish this off? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going to have to go the same. I think a overall for uh, uh, sort of the caliber of matches and stuff. But um, I actually also wanted to go with Zoe for my MVP. I thought she really stood out in the Fatal Five way. Um, she took some pretty hard bumps, and yet she still kept on going. She kept on persevering. I do believe that she could be a strong contender um, for a women's title um, at some point. I'm going to go Kari Sane as my MVP of the night. Great to see her, and the Pirate Princess is going to have, hopefully, a strong future in WWE. Rating eight and a half. Like Monty said, it started off really, really strong with Duran Rollins and kind of lulled a little bit with the crowd and picked up towards the end. But you wouldn't have missed anything apart from Logan winning the US title anyway. Uh, so that is it for Crouchall. Like I said, we've got a busy couple of weeks ahead as well. As my microphone keeps going, um, and that's basically it. So anybody get any fun? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the one thing that I do want to say is that I think ultimately what I'm looking to to happen, and especially when it comes to SmackDown, um, I kind of ultimately would love to see, uh, you know, Io break away from Damage Control actually build up her own uh like uh group with oscar and Kyrie. you know have uh, put the put the tie belts back on oscar and Kyrie because they're the only ones that could actually probably do something with these belts and actually start building them back up again and keep the belt on eo and just have these girls uh run wild on on there like i mean just give that to us that'd be really cool actually I agree, but I also do think that they'll keep Bailey a little bit longer to go into the survival Survivor Series games, and then mm. possibly then a, a turn of events will come and they will kick Bailey out on her ass. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Hopefully you can. <laughs> the mic just went so. Always the yes, way. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, great. See, professional as always. Uh, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going. Don't forget, we're across all <laughs> social media, Twitter at WNR Podcast. I'm WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? At my Monty Pod on uh, Twitter, on X, whatever you call it. Uh, yeah, click the link in my bio, man. Keep up with me. Keep up with me. Uh, Jaxie? Yep, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter slash X at Jaxie Scarlet. And finally, Gina. I'm on the same at Purple Pain. The Double Norse on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email to Double Podcast at gmail.com, YouTube, another podcast. All latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, 
rate and review there. So that is it. As I was saying, we've got a huge couple of weeks coming up. Next weekend will be all about impact and catching up with that. Will Ospreay versus Mike Bailey and a lot, lot more. In two weeks, it will be full gear. And then, of course, in three weeks, it will be Survivor Series. But until then, I've been James Rollins and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Jaxi, thanks for joining us today. You know, with your bad throat. Exactly. I mean, look at the dedication that I've put into this. No, it's been fun. Um, and I look forward to the next one. Thanks, yeah. guys. Who else has been choked out by wrestling? Who else? Tell me. Uh, and of course, the mind of Monty. Good luck for full gear in a couple of weeks, bud. That's all I'll say. Gina, slide me your predictions, dog. <laughs> Uh, we'll see what happens. I'll have to do my best. Seriously, I may have a downfall in the next one. We'll see. Oh, diddums. Like, you might lose one out of the last Sure. Game. Yeah, sure. no. Oh, no. <laughs> right. God. You never know. This could be my whole tactic on how I get my wins. <laughs> whatever you, like, literally, whatever you're doing. Like, I don't know when you do predictions, but... Honestly, like, tell us. Eat me up, cuz. Yeah, we need... Eat me we, up. We need to, I mean... <laughs> I usually not... get the minutes before the event is due to start, so... <laughs> oh, okay, procrastinate. I'm going to try this. <laughs> right, so don't yeah. watch it. Right, so... Right, okay, just guess. <laughs> That's fine. I've got this now. I've been doing it wrong all these years. I tried that. I tried that with WWE, and look where that got me. Nowhere Ugh. but the bottom of the table. It, that doesn't fucking work. Don't want your results. Fair, fair point. Nope. No, well, I need to do some some research. So we'll see how we get on. On that note, with Gina being the uh, leader and Jaxie being the loser here, uh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, God. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, bye.